Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we're talking with Keith Hirschland today. Um, This is uh, Keith's second trip through our gauntlet of questions here on on grilling at the green but he's got so many fascinating stories and such a great take on everything um you know you you said at the end of the show that you you thought golf was in a good place i think golf is in a good place and that golf television is in a good place but there was one question um who was it i think it was dave wrote in and said how come they don't cover the symmetra tour we cover the corn Ferry tour Yep. You know, but they they don't and there's always the the I don't know if it's just lip service or not, Keith, but they always say, Well, we you know, we need more women in golf and they fight the LPGA fights really hard for positioning and for sponsor dollars. I I mean I know that because I've I've been around them not as long as you have, but a long time and I know how they they really I don't want to say struggle, but they kind of get second fiddle chair sometimes yeah. on those things but then when we're when we're paying lip service to it but there's the symmetra tour out there is are they just not big enough tournaments or no crowds or what is, what's the reason um, that you know you know I, I i think there's probably that's probably yes i think that the, your last your last statement is probably a huge factor in that um i'm just trying to think that you know i i was i've worked with golf channel um from you know, I was hired in October of t- 2004 and left there in September of 2013. So almost 20 years. And yeah. um, in that time, you know, we uh, a big part of our live tournament um, focus was, to your point, was the Nike Buy.com. Sure. What is now the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, we we did a minimum of 14 events every year mm-hmm. on that tour televised a minimum of 14 events on that tour for the first 10, 10 to 12 years I worked at golf channel. And part of that was because, um, it was in the contract, but part of what yeah. the PGA tour, you know, the, the reason that they gave us PGA tour events and a handful of, of senior tour events was that we committed to televise also the corn Ferry tour. Um, that sadly has changed over the last few years. And now I think they're down. I looked at the schedule this year. I think they're down to five televised tournaments, maybe six televised tournaments this year with a, with a, 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 a hugely reduced staff. We put the same amount of effort, money, uh, resources into our corn ferry tour telecasts that we right. did into our PGA tour and our champions tour telecasts. 
back when I was doing it. That has that has changed considerably. Um, I think the problem, and we had there were some there were some major logistical issues. I will say that um, in the beginning, televising some of those what at the time were Nike tour events, uh, pro- um, you know, provided some really challenging logistical problems. Mm-hmm. They played in smaller towns, um, smaller golf footprint, golf courses, um, tournaments that weren't used to, um, you know, the, 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 the television circus coming to town right. every week, uh, you know, finding places to, to put a compound, um, you know, finding volunteer, the extra number of volunteers that we needed uh, to support our our part of the equation. Um, you know, just just the the expense of of doing those events, both with manpower and with with dollars. Um, you know, I know <clears throat> drove the folks drove Del Wood and the accounting folks at the Golf Channel crazy. Uh, back in the day, because I know they were going to into meetings. Go, why are we spending four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a week on these Nike Tour tournaments that tens of thousands of people at the most are watching? Right. You know. And to his credit, to their credit, Bob Bob Greenway, Joe Gibbs, and Mike Whalen were like, because that's what we do. And you know, yes, we could you know, pull back the funds and we could pull back the resources and, and do this, you know, on a shoestring, but we're not going to do that because we've made a commitment to our viewers and we made a commitment to the PGA tour. Uh, I just think that the, the, you could do Symmetra tour, you know, there are, there are a million ways now to put things out there for people to watch. Right. And you could, uh, a, a creative, um, young group of folks, you know, with, with, you know, minimal costs in terms of compared to what, you know, the CBSs and the golf channels sure. and the NBCs of the world do now with equipment, you could televise three or four holes of a Symmetra tour event, um, put it on the, you know, on the web for 90 minutes or, you know, um, I just don't see, uh, the golf channel or any other network saying this is going to be where we're going to, we're going to, put our resources right now yeah i you know because everything um of any significance and it's is sporting events yeah parts of it are streamed if not the whole event they're streamed yep. like you were just saying so um and to do that you don't really you're not going to get the same shots you're not going to get the aerial shots probably you're not going to get some things but you know, the equipment is a lot less expensive in general. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's more like if the town you're in actually has, you know, good internet service type yep. thing, yep. you know, uh, like that. So I'm, I'm curious as to what, maybe it's already been talked about. We don't know it, yep. but, but maybe I mean, at the same time though, Jeff, you gotta, re- I mean, yes, all those things are true, but even at that, and if you really want to, you know, not, you know, go out there with your iPhones, sure. You know, and and shoot shots, but I mean, it's still you're still talking about a quarter of a million dollars, probably one hundred seventy-five thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, yeah, to do this. So if you go to a, you know, you're, where's that money going to come from? You know, some a, a Symmetra Tour sponsor, um, you know, pro, and we ran into this with the Nationwide Tour folks. Even in big tournaments, 
we went to, uh, we televised the, the tournament in Missouri. That's one of the, the price cutter. I think it was called at the time. One of the bigger tournaments on the tour, one of the original um, Nike tour events, one of the biggest tour tournaments on the tour. And, you know, we televised it one year. Pat Perez won it. And the next year they came back and said, we don't want to be on TV. And we were like, why? It was great. A great event. You guys were blah, blah, blah. And they said, because that $450,000, $500,000 that we paid you guys, we'd rather give to charity. Yeah. It's like, well, that makes sense. We get it. So, you know, the sponsors have to think, you know, somebody's got to pay for that. Right. So, you know, if a sponsor thinks it's in his, his or her or their best interest to be on a streaming service or, you know, to be on, on television, there are ways to do that. But uh, my guess is like those folks in at the price cutter that they're thinking we, you know, we'd rather give our money back to the purse or give our money back to charity or, you know, do something, you know, what we think is more meaningful with those dollars. Okay, so let's jump ahead a little bit. Kay told me that your dream was always to have a oh talk-free tournament. <laughs> that's not that's she's close. That's not that's not a hundred percent true. I would, I I we actually did one, and I wrote about it in the book. Right. One on uh, it was a nationwide tour event, and I basically convinced the folks that were running the golf channel at the time that a, a really good idea would be to have an announcer less tournament, no announcers. Um, I just wanted to come on the air, introduce the show, say, all you're going to hear are the sounds of the golf course, the sounds of the players. Um, and there will be no announcers, uh, for the next three hours. And they, they, I, 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 you know, give those folks credit, Tom Stathakis and Jack Graham. They didn't think I was completely crazy, but they said, <laughs> you can't do, you can't do no announcers at all. How about, and so, so I said, okay, let me think about how I can do this. So what we ended up doing was we had Jerry and Kurt, um, basically sitting in a, in a little shaded area, bring us on the air and every hour or so we'd come back to them for a little bit of a recap of what we've seen. And then I also had Kay there on the putting green doing interviews with players. So sure. they, I incorporated announcers to a certain extent, but uh, the, as far as calling shots and as far as, you know, on course and what, what was happening, there were no announcers. And, uh, you know, I personally, it was, you know, it was like the, you know, the Don Olmeyer announcerless football game dream for me. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> thank God that I can, you know, give my ears a break for three hours. But, uh, you know, they were all worried that it was going to be, you know, the future of golf television on the golf channel and they were all going to, you know, not have a job anymore. But, um, it, it was only one day. Okay. <laughs> I assured them, I assured them it was only going to be one day. Okay. Um, you know, you produced the Solheim Cup before. Did, I did. Did you, when it was a Europe's turn, and it was, you know, mm -hmm. overseas, did mm -hmm. you have to collaborate with Sky Sports or anything like that? I mean, yeah. I know for years when we were doing certain things and I was covering rodeo, if you were actually going to do live productions and stuff in Canada, now I've never done live stuff in Europe, but. If you were going to do it in Canada, you had to, there was a certain law, if you will, and the same as in Australia, that you had to have so many 
uh, <laughs> Canadians working on the broadcast and stuff. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. And um, so when you, when you worked with uh, producing and, uh, you know, and broadcasting the Solheim cup, let's just say it was in France. Yeah. How different was that? It was, it was hugely different. And both times I did two in Europe, both times in Sweden. Um, and we would work hand in hand with, uh, European tour productions. Those were the folks that were, were doing the Solheim cup for, sure. um, for in, in the Europe, in Europe. And what we had was a skeleton crew. I, I was able to take, um, a director, uh, an associate director, kind of a, a tape or replay right. guy, a guy that would, you know, show, you know, queue up and show shots on tape. And then, um, we, didn't bring any of our own camera guys. Um, we were given two uh, handheld on-course cameras operated by um, European tour camera guys, um, but they were exclusive to us. They, they worked for us on our broadcast and all the green cameras, all the hard cameras, um, all of that stuff were supplied by European tour productions on their broadcast. So we would have on our, our switcher in front of, you know, my associate director, who was sure. also European, um, or my technical director, was um, but a button for, obviously, black. Right. <laughs> to go, to, uh, and then for our couple of cameras, and then the European tour feed, which was the line cut coming out of their truck, and I know this is, um, this is probably into a little bit of the weeds for some of the listeners, but so everything that their producer and director was doing, I was able to just punch a button and put on the air. So I could have punched that button and put that on the air and let that be my entire broadcast. Got it. You know, as they cut between their cameras and their shots. The problem with that was they were European team focused and I, of course, wanted to be American team focused. Right. So um, I had also the ability to use their cameras behind the greens, but I couldn't talk to those cameramen. So they didn't, they never knew when I was using them. Got so it. if I was on the 14 green camera covering Pat Hurst second shot into 14, and the European director needed the 14 green camera to spin around and shoot a bird in a tree. Yep. I could hear the director. So I could also listen to what they were doing in their truck. So I had some warning. If I could hear the, the director saying 14 green, give me a beauty shot. I knew I, and I was on 14 green. I knew I had to get off 14 green, <laughs> Yeah. you know? So it was kind of a j jigsaw puzzle, you know, kind of a chess match jigsaw puzzle, me trying to, you know, um, anticipate where they were going, where I was safe to show a team, you know, a USA team shot. And I got to tell you, I mean, it, it happened a number of times where I would show a putt, a putt of a, in a match, I would show a shot in a match minutes before they would show the same shot. <laughs> So I would have to be, you know, especially listening, especially to them. If I knew that I had already shown on a Sorenstam's birdie putt at 14 to win the 14th hole, 
I had to listen when they were going to go, okay, let's show Annika's birdie putt of 14. So whatever, if I was on them at the time, I had to get off them and go to something else. And I got caught a handful of times, a number more than a handful of times showing a shot that I had already shown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go into Brian Hammond's ear and Dottie Pepper's ear and say, one more look at Annika's birdie at 14 to win the 14th hole that happened four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was crazy. It was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun because it was the, the most challenging thing. One of the most challenging things I'd ever done uh, in my career. Um, but it was, it was wild. It was, it was fun and it was crazy. And, you know, I got my, I got caught with my pants down more on, on, <laughs> on more than a few occasions. Well, I can tell you what, Keith, that's kind of like walking into different rooms in my home. Because if if you're watching golf in the living room, it's it's right up to speed. I mean, it's right there. 45 feet away in my office, which is on the same feed, you know, it comes out of the same box. I can watch the, I can go back in and watch that, all those shots again for some reason. I love it. I, I don't know why that is, but it, it just works that way. Um, do you... What was the worst tournament you ever had to produce and cover? Do you remember? The After, worst in terms of like the, the, the job I did? No, no. The worst or, as far as the content that was coming in. Uh, you know, the, the it was a crummy tournament. Nobody was playing yeah. well. The interviews were, you know, something like that. I, I, I think I would have to go. Uh, you know, I can't remember specifics because I guess I try and blot those out of my mind. Sure. Um, uh, but I know there were, you know, the worst tournaments for me um to to produce i guess i put them into two categories one would be the blowout where a guy going into sunday has a nine eight shot lead and that happened on a couple of occasions on especially on the nationwide tour sure that somebody would separate himself or even on the lpga tour separate herself to the point where it's just what that last day just wasn't any fun you know i mean even if it was Annika Sorenstam, who was the greatest player in the game, um, you know, and a coronation for her, it just, you know, you just want a little bit of an edge yeah. in the broadcast. You know, you want a little bit of a story to tell. The other would be those tournaments where somebody who starts today, five or six shots off the lead, shoots 61 uh, and posts a score while there's still two hours left in the broadcast and nobody catches him or her. Yeah. So basically what you have is three highlights of the winner of the golf tournament, because he did all his good work either while you, you had, you know, the cameras weren't there yet or you weren't paying attention. And that's the producer. So that was my fault for not paying attention, but you know, you didn't have a camera on the guy as he, you know, went around the golf course shooting 60 or 61 and ended up winning the golf tournament. So those, I, I would say that that, that was worse than the, than the blowout runaway. Cause at least then you had the leader, the winner on air the entire time. You know, when a guy, when a guy starts out the day, six shots back and shoots 60 and wins the golf tournament, um, that's just the worst feeling in the world as a producer. I got a, I got a little inside baseball to share with you on that. Sure. Okay. Um, Columbia Edgewater Golf Course, Cambia was the Safeway in those days. This yeah. would have been about 
2000. I mean, you may have not been at Golf Channel anymore. This was about 2014 or 15. I sure. get I get there one morning because uh, I'm shooting stills, and I'm the only photographer there. And the guys running the press room come running up to me and say, "You got to get out to." 15 or something i said huh. why they said austin Ernst is on her way to shooting a 59 because she yeah. and, and she was playing all by herself they didn't she was an add-on to the tournament and so she went out early and she had all the scores and everything there but she was playing this what's normally a four and a half hour four and a half five hour round of golf in like three hours out there because she's by herself and she's on her way. She did shoot a 59 and I got a picture of the scorecard. I got pictures of her out there. There was, you guys weren't even awake yet uh, at golf channel. You know, the camera, the camera towers were all zipped up and covered up and stuff. And I'm this fool running around the golf course, taking pictures (laughs) of her going, wow, this is great. You know? Um, But anyway, that was like you. That's great. I'll tell you that happened to us a, a couple of times on the nationwide tour when we would be at in those days, there were more times than not that our, that our television window would be like 10 AM to 1 PM. Right. You know, we'd be, we'd be on in the morning, you know, now they don't even do that because they do lead in coverage of the PGA tour. So there, you know, we used to have a broad morning broadcast window for a lot of our nationwide tour shows. Um, and we'd be done at one o'clock gone, home, back at the hotel, yep. doing whatever we were doing. And there were a number of times when I would get a call on my phone saying, Hey, just want to give you an eye. You know, this is Phil in the media center. Um, you know, Jason Gore is out here. You know, he needs to birdie two of his last four holes to shoot 59. You know, do you guys want to bring a camera out here? And I'd be like, it's scramble, you know? And the first thing I would always ask to your point is, is there a local, local TV crew out there? Yeah. And if the answer was yes, then I would be like, could you please get in touch with them? Make sure they cover it. We'll, you know, want to borrow the footage tomorrow, give them all kinds of credit, blah, blah, blah. You know, and there were even times when the guy would say, well, there's not a TV crew out here, but we've got our photographer out here. And we would, I would say, have him take as many pictures as he can. And we'll put a little montage of those pictures together. If the guy ends up shooting 58 or 59. So credit to you guys, you know, the local folks, that are out there busting their chops while the TV guys are back sitting by the pool. Yep. There you go. Okay. I got a couple last <laughs> questions for you here. This one, Okay. this is from my buddy, Mike was the Brooks Bryson bro hug for the Ryder cup show for just for the show. Or do you think it really patched things up? <laughs> Can I say, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing a little bit of both. I'm guessing a little bit of both in the, I'm, I, my, my, I don't know either one of those guys. Yeah. Um, my guess is that they don't like each other still very much. Um, but in the moment, in the heat of the moment, and also in the warmth of the winning moment, yeah. I'm guessing that that was probably a pretty genuine, genuine hug and stuff. And, but, uh, as we go back to whatever their daily lives on the PGA tour are going to be over the next handful of years, I'm guessing they're not going to be a lot of, and I've, I've heard, and I'll be the first to admit that I probably won't watch um, that. There's one of these matches coming up is going to feature Brooks and Bryson and Phil. And I'm just not interested. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, 
You know, I, I watched the first one of those, the Tiger Phil deal for nine mil. Me too. And Me too. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. And and it was a lot of fun. And I and I love some of the uh going back and forth when Phil was trying to mark his ball and Tiger said yeah. something like, Well, I've got three US Open medals. Of course, Phil had never won the US Open at that right. point, you know, that type of thing. So that I was like that one. I actually like the first team one more with Brady and Peyton. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really good television. I thought that was really good. And since I've just I haven't been as interested. Right. No, I, I get that. Um, so Mike wants you to put on your uh, prognostication hat. And, How uh, terrible is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, he says, does Stricker get a shot at repeating as captain? I would, I'll answer this question. I would say he, he can do it if he wants to, but I don't think he yeah. wants to. Steve Stricker's not that. I think, I think he's had enough. You know, I think he wants to go elk hunting. So, I think I I think I would agree with you a hundred thousand percent. Yeah, I think that uh, they, I think they'll ask him yeah. to do it again, and he would be well, you know be well deserved. It would be a well deserved honor. Sure. Uh, but that was that was the perfect storm, man. He you know wins the Ryder Cup for USA in Wisconsin. I mean, what's he going to go over to Paris and? I think you're absolutely right. You know, the fall is for elk hunting for Steve Stricker. Oh yeah. 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 He's earned his bones out there. And then the last, the last question from Mike is who do you think is likely to captain the Euro team in 2022? Now you really have to guess. Yeah, that's a good question. Gosh, Um, man, I guess you'd got, you know, without thinking too, too hard about it, you would have to like, think of guys like Sergio, uh, Westwood and Poulter, wouldn't you? Like yeah. one of those three guys? I would think Westwood myself. Yeah. I would yeah. think Westwood. He's this he's very seasoned. He's very calm about yep. things most times. Yeah. Um, you know, God knows what the clothes would look like if Poulter was the captain. So yep. you know, that <laughs> <laughs> just just a little yeah. sidebar there, Keith. Just a little sidebar. Yeah. I got it. I loved it. Yeah. I would think I agree with you. I, I would put Westwood as the favorite and maybe Sergio as, as next. Yeah. Yeah. Keith Hirschland, it Gosh, it's always so much fun. I could just talk to you for hours because it's just, it's so great. And uh, your books are great. And um, tell everybody where they can find them. I, I didn't do that in the regular show and yeah. I apologize, but where can everybody no, find, find your tomes there? Yeah, there are a couple of, yeah, Amazon is always, you know, the, the great, the great behemoth Amazon is, is always a good place to find my books. Yeah. Uh, and song girl, the new one right now is, is available, available for pre-order. It will be out in January, but you can pre-order it now at Amazon. And you can also do that. There are links through uh, my author website, keithhirschland.com to all the books. Um, it, it'll take you right to, again, to Amazon where you can buy them. And there are a number of uh, barnesandnoble.com and you can go into a Barnes and Noble and they'll order it for you at a number of local bookstores um, through a place called Indie Bound, I-N-D-I-E-B-O-U-N-D, one word, dot com. And if you really want to support one of your local favorite local bookstores, you can go to IndieBound.com and then they can order it um, through there and you can pick it up at your, at your favorite bookstore. Cool. Very good. 
Um, you will be back, my friend. I uh, like I said, right, look forward to it. You're going to be a semi regular guest on this show. Probably take over the reins, and I can go elk hunting <laughs> with Steve Stricker. There uh, you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, again, Keith, thank you very much. Folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Uh, go out and have some fun. Enjoy the weather while we still have it. Take care.